trivia, discussions, opinions, and the chance to have your say. Welcome to the Topical Resort.
Welcome back to another week here at the Topical Resort. As always, I'm your host, Green Vipro. For the next two hours, we're going to be playing you some of the best music released by the Sega Technical Institute, also abbreviated rather crudely as STI. So what you just heard there was a track from Comic Zone, or you'd probably know it a bit better, but not really, but you'd be more likely to know it from the Sega channel, the peripheral add-on which you could download games to. It plugged into your Sega Genesis slash Mega Drive, and also associated as an American thing could plug it in, download some games onto it, it was very early sort of Netflix style catalogue I guess, and that was Boss Opera, and Boss Opera was in the Comic Zone beta only, it wasn't in the final game, and then they revived it on the Sega channel because it was the theme of September and October, I can't remember which year, maybe 1995, so you'd boot up the Sega channel and that would be the menu theme that would play Boss Opera, so it was never released officially, but that was the only way you could technically officially hear it through the Sega channel. So that's a pretty cool piece of uh, Sega trivia right there, obviously composed by the amazing Howard Drossin. And on that note, before that we had, from Sonic Extreme, that was Trench. And one of the comments from BrickGamer down on our Discord, hello to you by the way, is um, that it doesn't sound very Sonic-y, uh, the Sonic Extreme soundtrack. And I would agree with that, however there is actually a very good reason for this, but I, I still love the music, but... There's a good reason for this. That's because all the music that we have for Sonic Extreme that we now associate with Sonic Extreme uh, was leaked online by Chris Sen, the composer of the game. Now, the reason why it doesn't sound very Sonic-y is because this was sort of test music which was made to inspire Howard Drossin, who would then go on to make the official soundtrack, which never happened because the game was cancelled. So Chris released the, the music that he made for the game online, but obviously this was never meant to be heard. This was just meant to be sort of test music to uh, get the creative juices flowing a bit for Howard, so yeah, that's an important fact to keep in mind, but I still think that one's a great funky one, that's Trench from, that's the prototype of the unreleased game, or from the prototype of the unreleased game, Sonic Extreme. And now we're back here 
here at the Topical Resort. So I want to give a big thank you to those out in Discord. And yeah, he, you're right, he is a programmer. However, he composed the music. Therefore, it counts. Because, uh, hang on, was it? Yeah, he composed this music, which he then handed on to Howard as inspiration. So he wasn't a composer, but he composed this music to give to the composer. Does that make sense? Good. That's at least a story that I know according to the Sonic Wiki. Uh, it's the Sonic Wiki, so I'm not sure how true it is, but that does sound feasible, honestly, because, I mean, hey, that's what they do with artwork as well in most games, so it wouldn't surprise me if they did it with some music. Uh, yeah, so that's that's Sonic Extreme, and there's a there's a lot of cool games we've got coming up tonight because we've got the obvious ones. I think um, we've got Comic Zone. I think that's the only obvious one to be honest. But we've got some great obscure stuff, such as I don't know how obscure this is to you, but to a lot of people, we'll consider this obscure. We got stuff like the Ooze, Kid Chameleon, Die Hard Arcade. And obscure in this sense, obviously they're not obscure games, but not many people know that they were developed by STI. And that is Sonic the Hedgehog 2 and semi-Sonic 3 and Sonic and Knuckles. The reason I say semi is because it was developed at their studios, but they didn't really have too much of a say in it outside of just sort of overseeing some parts of it and inviting some staff on to work on small details. But whereas Sonic 2 was fully an STI project, so that's completely theirs. But Sonic 3 and Knuckles, not so much. It was just developed in their offices, sort of. But we're still counting it tonight because so many of you guys wanted to see it in here. And I, ca I can't really blame you, to be honest. But, yeah. We've also got unreleased stuff. We've got a whole host, even if it is a bit of a small list, we've got a whole host of uh, games that will be available to request and talk about on everything tonight. So, thank you for that. Speaking of Discord, there is currently a... A whole bunch of you down in Discord, you whole lovely people, and gotta say, uh, it's surprisingly not manic tonight, and that's not just on the volume of the messages, but that's also the contents of the messages. You guys are uh, really quite calm tonight, which I'm not sure if I appreciate that or um against that, who knows, but we have Christmas Brit, we have Kefki, we have Electric Boogaloo, uh, who deleted his comment apparently, <laughs> whoops, <laughs> we have Callum, we have Twinny. And I believe that's it, but if you want to join the crazy fun, download the Discord, radiosc.jf.org slash Discord. Pick a username or free radio have Discord, you know what to do. Or if you don't like if you don't like the platform, that is fine, because we also have Twitter, that's the other main place you can contact us. At Radio Sega, at Topical Resort, at the Green Drive Operator using the hashtag Topical Resort. And with that, let's get on with the show. Um Christmas Brit says it's the real reason you didn't do a blog blog, yep, a blog post because you couldn't think of an SDI poem. No, actually, I did have one in mind, but um, I've had a very busy week, and there's 20 is posted on the Twitter uh, this post Winterfest episode. But actually, Winterfest has nothing to do with why I was busy this week. It's a whole combination of factors, which have uh, some of them have spiraled a bit out of control, some of them haven't. But yeah. In the end, I actually have managed to get this uh, episode done in time within the two hours that I had to do it before the bus got home. So a, a, a thank you to Brick Gamer, and I'll give him a thanks again in a bit, but he helped me out a bit on the episode. And a thank you to everyone who's currently listening in and giving the support, because it's greatly appreciated. Uh, speaking of greatly appreciated, I want to thank everyone who's currently bought some of our merchandise over on, uh, on Street Shirts, because... A few of you bought the black and white t-shirt, which was thanks to you guys, because you told me you wanted that, so we made that one especially for you. 
Uh, a few of you have also gone ahead and bought the Winterfest shirts. I really want mine, but I'm not sure whether I can be bothered to wait until after Christmas to get a, get my hands on it. But I might have to order it through another site. But hey, the Winterfest shirt's really cool. Please go and buy one. Uh, the hoodie is actually sold too, which thank you very much because the the hoodie the hoodie is first of all really cool and second of all it uh, it helps out a bit more than the shirt. So thank you to everyone who's bought a hoodie. We've also had someone purchase the Ready Sega t-shirt, just the plain blue one. Now I've got to say as well, we are looking to add more shirts to the lineup. So if you have a suggestion for a shirt with different colours or different design or something, let me know because I'm, I'm more than likely be willing to do it if there's an audience and someone who's willing to purchase it. So yeah, thank you to all those who've bought some. If you would like to buy some, the main link for the main shirt is radiosc.ga forward slash shirt. The hoodie is radiosc.ga forward slash hoodie. Winterfest is radiosc.ga forward slash WF18 blue or WF18 red. And uh, what's this one? I think it's radiosc.ga forward slash black shirt with capitals on the B and the S. So yeah, thank you to... Thank you to everyone who's bought some, and if you'd like to buy some, that's where you can go, because it all does really help out around the station. I currently can't see anything that's in our tw on our Twitter notifications, because, <laughs> of course, of course, um, OC Remix have just released their 69th Community VGM Arrangement album, which is an album based on Skies of Arcadia, and uh, this is very cool, but they always tag us when they make Sega stuff. And it's got like 30 retweets, 30 likes, 8 comments currently. It's going to keep improving. But uh, yeah, that, that's completely flooded my Twitter notification. So I can't read anyone who's actually sort of responding to the to the uh, episode tweets or anything. So if you are, use the hashtag topical results. I'm more likely to see it. Or message me on my own Twitter or on the show Twitter. Because there's no way I'm going to see it otherwise. But yeah, thank you very much to everyone who's purchased some stuff and to everyone who's listening into the show let's get on with some more music because I really do need to get a wriggle on tonight because I've got stuff to do immediately after the show so let's get on with a track from Kid Chameleon and of course this is the one you all know and hopefully love because this one gets requested quite a lot but I love it so I had to play it from Kid Chameleon this is Sky Dragon Castle right here on the Topical Resort
kicking off your Radio Sega live weekend. This is the Topical Resort with Green Viper 8. Request Resort. Send your request relating to the topic of the episode in a tweet to at Radio Sega or the Green Viper 8. Or send it in a Discord DM to Green Viper 8 through our Discord server at radiose.ga forward slash Discord. Hasty History. Welcome back to the Top of Resort right here on Radio Sega. And what you just heard there was a track from Sonic and Knuckles. That was Sandopolis Zone, Act 2. And before that, from Kid Chameleon, that was Sky Dragon Castle. I, th- I think people in the chat room seem to be liking those ones. So, uh, yeah. Thank you. I don't know why I'm saying thank you. Thank you to my own my own taste for picking those ones, because I have very good taste, as you know. No, I don't. This is sarcasm. Let's move on. <laughs> But as you heard right there, it's time for the Hasty History. And I have to give a thank you to Brit Gamer, who actually helped me out completely writing the Hasty History segment because I hadn't had time to do that while I was sitting on a bus. So, yeah, thank you very much to him because O2's been down again today, so... I don't know, probably it's another certificate error, which we're like a multi, what, multi-million, what if not billion, pound company, and your tech issues are down to a certificate error. Really? I, that's such a simple issue. How do you... Uh, whatever, right. But, yeah, O2 was down again today, which meant I couldn't do my own research, but as soon as I got home, pretty much discovered Brick Gamer, he had me covered. Yeah, he got he got my back, and he sent me the Hasty History segment for tonight's show. So that also means, if there's any inaccuracies, it's his fault. Send him hate mail on Discord. You, you know where to go. Let's begin with the Hasty History of the Sega Technical Institute. So it started by Mark Cerny, yes, that one, in 1991. It combined elite Japanese developers and a new American talent into one studio. The first three SDR games in order were Dick Tracy, Kid Chameleon, and Green Dog, The Beached Surfer Dude, which uh, I, I didn't know those games were things, honestly, because they weren't on the Sega Retro page, so maybe that was a Wikipedia-only thing. 
After the release of Sonic One, Yuji Naka and Hirokazu Yasuha- Yashu- uh, Why can't I speak now? I know how to pronounce his name. Yasuhara and other Japanese developers joined STI in California. Naka left Sega of Japan due to salary disputes and Cerny pr- persuading him to join STI. That, uh, as, from what I know, he also joined because he was having management disputes because they were very sort of strict on quality control. I heard that as well. So, because of this, Mark persuaded him to join STI, also for a better wage, and Yasuhara chose to join Naka later on. In late 1991, STI began developing Sonic 2 with a Japanese and American development team. Due to Sega of Japan not wanting to develop a, sequ- develop a sequel too soon, development was delayed two months to a normal 11-month de- development time. Sonic 2 faced other de- development setbacks due to Sega of Japan st- struggling to get visas for the Japanese developers and language barriers causing rifts between the developers of both nationalities. After Sonic 2, Sony left Sega Technical Institute due to being unhappy with the, with the, uh, the games being produced by the company and he was replaced by Roger Hector. Hector... It's really difficult to read stuff in Notepad++, Plus Plus, so uh, thank you for that. Hector split STI into an American and Japanese team, with Naka leading the Japanese team. STI was unique because it reported Sega Japan and Sega America while still being an independent team. Quote unquote, we were able to concentrate on creating fun games. This is what made STI very special, said Hector. In 1993, the Japanese team started work on Sonic 3, but due to the time the game took, the American team made Sonic Spinball as the 1993 game, which they only had nine months to complete. After Sonic 3, Yasuhara quit because of differences with Naka and went to develop games for Sega of America, whereas Naka returned to Japan to continue working with Sonic Team. In 1995, the remaining staff who hadn't left completed Comic Zone and The Ooze, which are the only games, funnily enough, containing the STI logo. SCI was tasked with creating Sonic Extreme, which was eventually cancelled due to development issues. SCI was disbanded in 1996 due to management changes of Sega of America. This was likely due to the success of the PlayStation. Mark Cerny had successfully destroyed what he had created with a different creation. And that was the history of Sega Technical Institute. It's actually a very interesting history that covers a lot of different bases. I really didn't know sort of the history of Sega Technical Institute until it's going to get into a plug. This is a uh, this is a really good plug as well. You should hardly check out this person, but I didn't really know too much about Sega Technical Institute until I watched a series known as Splashwave on YouTube, which is by Stray Fox. And please go and give him a subscribe because his content is genuinely great. Some of the most accurate and well-produced retro gaming content out there. Seriously, spends months on the stuff. It's amazing. Please check it out. But yeah, he got me really interested in the history of uh, Sega Technical Institute and how Sonic 2 and Sonic 3 came to be developed there, etc. I didn't know any of that. I always just assumed, hey, it was made in Japan with Sonic Team. No, couldn't be further from the truth. So yeah, that that's the history of Sega Technical Institute, and please do give him a follow. So, uh, what have you guys been saying down in the chat room? Kefki says, Kid Chameleon does have that uh, neat early Mega Drive sound, but it isn't for everyone though. I gotta agree, I, I love the soundtrack to Kid Chameleon, it's very early Mega Drive, as you say actually, it's not got all like the instruments and the technicalities that later games had, but I agree, I agree uh, that, I don't know what I agree, I, I should stop reading Discord during the show, but you know, I, I, I agree, early Mega Drive sound, definitely, 
Uh, Britt says, after all the organising you've done for Winterfest and Strew for charity, you deserve to have someone do something for you. Thank you very much, Britt. Gamer, very appreciated. Uh, Electric sent me a link to a SEG16 video. Careers at the 21st Century, SEG Technical Institute. I will give that a watch later. Sure, I guess, but yeah, it's time for Hasty History. And, no, no, it's not. Oh, heads all over the place today, sorry. But it's time for the request resort, and this is where you can request your music relating to the topic of the episode. Three of you have got something current now, I've just got to say, um, that it's all Sonic music, so if you want to if you wanna mix things up a little, you, you know how to fix it, you know what to do. Whoops. <laughs> that was uh, my controller slamming on the floor, that's why you don't leave them on the edges of desks. That, that probably absolutely knackered the microphone as well, so uh, not, only, not only the controller. But yeah, so get in your request right now, and I think we should get into one from our very own Brit Gamer who wanted something from Sonic the Hedgehog 2. And this is Aquatic Ruin Zone, and when we come back, it's time to it's time to waffle on. Same as always, same old, same old here on the resort. Request Resort.
wow, we actually made it through the request block this side of 8 o'clock. I'm impressed. Welcome back to the Topical Resort right here on Radio Sega. And things are about to get comfy because it's time for the segment where we just sort of babble about our opinions about these games, what we think of them. Should we recommend them? Should we recommend the soundtrack? Should we recommend anything? Should you steer clear of them? Should I stop talking? Yes. What you just heard there was from Virtual Sonic, and a range album of various Sega slash Sonic tracks. That was an arrangement of the Sonic Spinball theme that doesn't really sound much like the Sonic Spinball theme. All too much, but hey, it was a request by Electric Boogaloo, and I, I think I've discussed this on the show before, but that one always brings back memories of Sega Sonic Radio. Rest in peace, because that was the theme of the Superpower Flower Hour, which is a podcast I actually still regularly listen to. It's, it's a pretty funny po- podcast, so... Uh, go back and listen to that one quite a bit. But yeah, it always reminds me of that whenever I hear it. I can't unhear that memory of it now. So yeah, Virtual Sonic, Spinball theme. For that, a request by our very own Twinny from Comic Zone. That was the arranged version of Into the Zone, which we found out was from an arranged album called Sega Tunes Comic Zone Album. It's, it's a good album. If that arranged was anything to go by, you should pick it up. Unless it costs £100 or more, in which case, spend the money on your kids or family this Christmas. Uh, there's probably a better use of it, to be honest. Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Metropolis Zone, Master's Demo version. Who else would request a Master's Demo version but J-Meme Sucks 4326 That was his request. Before that, from Sonic 2 as well, as requested by Brick Gamer, for, that was Aquatic Ruin Zone. The non-demo version, the, the one that appeared in the game that, that you could play. That that one, yeah, that one. But now it's time. It's time to just talk about a few of the games, because as I say, I do sort of need to be pushing off slightly early tonight, which, yeah, it sucks, but I'll tell you why uh, at the end of the show, so... Uh, yeah, and as I says, spend it on a gaming PC. On that note, hello II, hello Eclipse, both of you have just joined the chat room, so... I should also say, if you're lurking, hello to you. If you're listening on the podcast, hello to you as well. <sighs> Eclipse says it is extremely expensive. Well, time to go and cry, I guess. <laughs> and for a game, yeah, I know I can pick it up by other means. That's how I'm playing the music from it. Yeah, you could spend your money on the Steam sale. Actually, that's a really good topic of discussion right here. Steam sale. That just recently happened, and thanks to Rexy, <laughs> I've actually got money to spend in the Steam sale. I won a Steam voucher on Sega Mixer Drive for the first time in the five years I've been listening to Winterfest. It became a bit of a meme that I could never win them and other people would win one every year. But yeah, I'm, I, I, I did it. I, I did it, people. And what did I spend my money on? Well, I discussed it in the chat room last night, but I spent my £10 credit on Res Infinite. I was sort of banking on it being in the sale, and I was correct. It was half price at £9.99, British pounds. But I I picked that one up, and I posted about this on Twitter. I posted about this on Discord. Absolute game changer. Genuinely, I'm not even making this up. Playing Res with the mouse, it's a completely different experience. Seriously, please try it out, because... Uh, I was absolutely mind blown. I was like, this can't work too well. I mean, a, jo- a joystick's got to work better because it's a joystick, right? But um, I I, pu- I put I, I put it in mouse mode and just 
it, it's so good. Free aiming, just on rail shooters. And uh, as I says, yeah, you need the price for a good VR head, or you need to get a good price for a VR headset. I argued this on Twitter. Honestly, for the base game, just normal res, I think it's actually a bit more of a revolutionary change than VR. Which, what you can't say that the VR VR is really good. You can't you can't say stuff like that about VR. But honestly, it's it's a night and day difference between using a joystick for that game and using a mouse. I'm gonna go back and play some more like all day tomorrow because I for the first time in my res history. I'm motivated to keep dying and dying again just to play that extra bit more. I've spent... I, I, I've got quite a lot of copies of this game. I've got it on Dream... <coughs> Sorry, I've got, got a bit of cough going there, but... Uh, yeah, got, got it on Dreamcast. Uh, <coughs> I've got it on 360. I won it thanks to uh, AAUK slash Kevin Eva. I won that on PS4, and now I purchased it on Steam. And you never going back to the other versions. We are permanently playing this on Steam now. You can't go back once you've played this. Seriously, if you've played Res Infinite, if you've never played Res, just pick it this up. Pick it up under any circumstances. It's half price right now. Probably not going to be a better deal. Genuinely turns this from one of my favourite rail shooters to possibly the best designed rail shooter ever because the controls are always good in Res but somewhat clunky. This just removes that barrier completely. I haven't completed it, no, because uh, Area 4 kicks my ass every time. That's why I've never beaten it, but honestly, um, I will say one thing. It does make it a bit easy with the mouse, because you have free aiming. It's a lot easier to aim at stuff, so... Um, in that way, I guess, um, it's a bit easier, but that's also a good thing, so I might actually be able to beat it. So, I'm happy about that, but yeah, let me know what you guys have picked up during the Steam Winter Sale. Because I'm going to get some more stuff after Christmas, but for now that's what I picked up with my voucher. Shoutouts to Rexy and shoutouts to uh, Winterfest as well, because it was a great Winterfest. <laughs> I'm less tired now. No, I'm not. That's a lie. Um, I'm, I'm still very tired, but... Oh well. Let's, let's talk about these games! Do you remember when I was going to talk about that on this segment? Because I do. So let's let's kick things off with talking about the first game which I really know anything about that they released, which was Kid Chameleon. Uh, whoa, Brick Gamer sent me a list of games. I'll read them out in a bit. But Kid Chameleon, uh, I, I I say I know a lot about it, but I, I really don't. But I know about more about it than I do about like Dick Tracy. So I'm just gonna say it's it's a good game, brilliant soundtrack. Um, I really should play more of it, but. It didn't click with me as much as I think it probably should have when I played it on uh, the Steam collection. So give it another go. Always gives it always give games another go. You never know if you might like it again. Don't don't leave your first impression as the only impression. But yeah, I'm gonna give that another go at some point. But I think many people would recommend Kid Chameleon. Not the best platformer slash game in general on the platform, but far from the worst. It's very inoffensive in that way play it. Uh, it's on a lot of collections nowadays. It never used to be, but they've started putting it on them, so pick it up. Aside from that, we have... Uh, let's go with... I guess the next game in sort of release order that I really know anything about is Sonic the Hedgehog 2. This is a game that I never really liked, which is... Ooh, that, that's a spicy opinion right there, and I, I, really, I really understand that, but... I, I didn't like this game too much for a long time because 
I always sort of felt it was everything that Sonic 1 wasn't, and a lot of people were like, yeah, well, that's a good thing, but what I mean by that is it felt like a very safe sequel, and a lot of people disagree with that, and I myself disagree with that now, but my opinion of it was it was always sort of not going to really rock the boat because the first game did so well, we don't really want to risk losing it all, where the first game was like, hey, this is make or break for Sega, let's, let's get it in their faces right now. And show them what we're made of. Whereas Sonic 2 is just sort of like, yay, we have a marketing campaign, uh, Sonic Tuesday, and um, we're not really all that edgy anymore. But uh, yeah, it, it's, it plays a lot like Sonic 1, except it has a Fox character. Yay, Fox character. In general, it just, I always viewed it as a very safe sequel. Unlike Sonic 3 Knuckles, which I viewed as being the one that rocked the boat again, which I, I still agree with. I still think. Out of the three, that's the one that's sort of most in your face, like, gets down to business, tries to be as unique as possible. They don't mess about in that game. But uh, nowadays, my opinion has really changed on Sonic 2, actually, through playing it multiple times again. There's still some parts that I just feel are a bit blech, honestly, but it, it really is a good game. And a lot of people would say it's the strongest in the classic series, and... I'm not sure where my opinion stands really on that one, but I think it's a really good title. Definitely better than the first game now. But uh, yeah, great levels, great music, cutscenes, the, the one that there is. I guess there's like two, technically. They're very well programmed, uh, just in general, I guess. Good game. Next game. Sonic 3 and Knuckles, let's go with that one next. So this is, as I said, less of a Technical Institute game and more of a Sonic Team game, but it was developed at their studios. Um, I don't know really what to say about this game that not everyone else has said, or hasn't said, because it's just a really good game. Obviously Sonic 3 Knuckles is the ideal way to play it because that's the way it was meant to be played. We're going to tell the story anyway, even though I'm sure all of you know it. But Sonic 3 and Sonic and Knuckles were originally meant to be one game, but however, due to time constraints, they were split in two, and you're able to combine them back together as one game known as Sonic 3 and Knuckles using the power of lock-on technology, which is just a cartridge connector on top of another cartridge, which then plugs into each other, and yay, video games, magic, woohoo. This isn't actually the first instance of lock-on technology. That existed before, but a lot of people just don't mention the other cases. Most of the time it was actually used quite primarily in uh, unlicensed NES games, I believe, are generally agreed to be the first games that use lock-on technology, because the, I can't remember the name of it now, but the NES had a protection chip, I can't, yeah, I can't remember the name of it for the life of me, I only remember the name of the uh, chip which was used to get around it, which was known as the rabbit, which was put in... What's their name? I can't remember their name either. The, uh, uh... What is their name? Oh! That's, that's gonna... Electric will get it, but the guys who uh, were the most prolific... Oh, I, I don't remember. That That's gonna really annoy me. Like, it already is, but, um... Yeah, I remember the rabbit chip was used to get around the piracy protection. But anyway, there's a piracy protection chip in the NES, and the way that they would get around it is you'd have to lock on an official game to the top of the uh, top of the cartridge, and that would use that game's chip, and it would get around the lockout chip. 
So that was how that. Yeah, Tengen, that was it. Thank you. Thank you, Brick Gamer. But I can't remember the name of the lockout ship now, which is annoying. Um, but. Yeah, that was sort of agreed to be the earliest case of lock on technology, but. And there was another case as well, officially, which was generally cited as to where they got the idea from, which was it was like some sort of fighting game where you could unlock more characters with lock on technology. Don't remember the name of the game for the life of me, but Sonic and Knuckles is probably the best use of it, just because the sheer amount of content you get from the lock-on is more than any... Ten Nez chip, thank you. That's not one I would have got, but the Ten Nez chip is the name of the lockout chip. But right, yeah, so Sonic 3 and Knuckles, and Sonic and Knuckles is genuinely, genuinely agreed to be the... Generally agreed to be the best uh, lock-on game out there, because there really weren't too many <laughs> after this game, because... Well, you can't exactly lock on CDs now, can you? What you just get is a CD that probably wouldn't work and the lid couldn't shut if you locked them on. Um, but, but you'd have to glue them together as well. At that point, that's just a waste of glue, waste of resources, waste of time. But don't be going doing that. Oh, what a surprise. Callum sent me a link that Banjo's joining Smash. Yeah, that's like the fifth time I've seen someone say that. I'm really sure he's in this time, guys. I'm really sure of it. Right, sorry, I keep getting off track. But yeah, Sonic 3 Knuckles, brilliant game. Everyone's already sung their praises about it. I don't really need to say anything more. Uh, yeah, you are right, Electric. Um, I think. Is that the very first one, then? Yeah, that might be the very first. Aladdin Deck Enhancer by Codemasters. Maybe. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> the original form of DLC. <laughs> exactly. And Switch could do Switch could do lock on, but I mean, <laughs> why? Why would you make this joke? Sonic Three Knuckles, brilliant game, play it. Aside from that, uh, Comic Zone. I am not the biggest beat 'em up guy, so I'm not exactly the person to ask on this, but I think it's a good game. Not to my style entirely, but one that I would play if I was a lot better at it. The only time I've ever played it for more than two minutes has been on the Sega Mega Drive. What do they even call them anymore? But like, the one that was on PSP, Sega Mega Drive Collection, I think. I don't know because I keep naming them the same damn thing nowadays. But yeah, the PSP collection of Mega Drive games that came out, that one was pretty much the only time I played Comic Zone in depth. And by in depth, I mean I got to the second world and died, but still. Uh, it's a good game, really is. If you're a fan of beat em ups, play it, and the the soundtrack is much appreciated. Even if it is a little bit twangy in places, meow, 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 whatever. Uh, it's time to get in some music because we need to move on. We've been talking for about 15 minutes now, so let's get in some music from an adaptation of the best Christmas film ever made. Oh yeah, you know what I'm talking about, Dynamite Decker. No, I'm talking about music from Die Hard Arcade and this is anything but Die Hard and it's anything but Christmas from Golden Axe or fr from Die Hard Arcade this is Wasteland a remix of Golden Axe Wilderness right here on the Topical Resort
Topical Thesis. Welcome back to the Topical Resort right here on Radio Sega. What you just heard there was The Ooze with Power Core Parts 1 and 2 from the ooze, obviously. Before that, music from... What game was it from again? Altered Beast? E-Swap? Sonic 4? Could have been from anything, but it was apparently a remix from Golden Axe, and that was known as Wasteland, and that was from Dynamite Decker. Also, a reskin of the best arcade game based on... (laughs) This is such a long... (laughs) Such a long song... Thing, whatever. So, which is a Dynamite Deck is a reskin of the best arcade game based on a Christmas film ever. From Die Hard Arcade, that was Golden Axe Wasteland. And now it is time to get into the topical thesis. My topical thesis is where I come up with an opinion or well, I take an opinion that I've come up with or I've heard from around the same community. And I get my spin on it, I get my three points for, my three points against, and I come to a justified conclusion based on whether I agree or disagree with the statement. And shut up, Electric, I know it's from the PS2 version you keep telling me. It's not my fault that people don't list things properly on the playlist. That's not my fault either because I'm not in charge of stuff that was already on the playlist. I'm in charge of new stuff. But yeah, so blame someone else that isn't me that it's from the PS2 version and not the arcade or Saturn versions. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit of a long-winded rant, but you get my anger. But topical thesis today is a rather simple one, and it's a rather topical topical thesis. Because today's topical thesis, can I say it a bit more, is should Sega have separate studios or should they be brought together? So the reason why this is topical is because, you know, this week... Something else related to Sonic happened, because did you know, um, that the, 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 what am I even trying to say? <laughs> did you know there was actually news that wasn't about the Sonic movie? First of all, did you even know there was a Sonic movie? I don't think anyone ever mentioned it, ever. But, did you know that there was actually more Sonic news? And that was that Sonic Team has officially merged into a larger studio known as Sega CS2. Which has everything except the Yakuza Team and the Valkyria Chronicles Team in it now. So... A ton of teams are now under Sega CS2, and everyone's like, Thank goodness Sonic Team's dead! Sonic Forces sucked my, uh, something. I don't know what, but it, it did. But, yeah. People are very happy that they died, even though they clearly haven't, because the same staff still work there. But everyone's like, Yeah, Sonic Team's dead! Even though all the same staff are still working at Sega, and they're still gonna continue making the games. Right, uh, okay, why are you getting excited over this? Because they made one mediocre game. Burn them! Go to hell or something like that. Because people are seriously angry over this. Like, why? Go outside. Go outside, (laughs) please. That's that's the only suggestion I have for you. But, yeah. So people are very happy that Sonic Team are no longer a thing. Even though they are a thing, this will literally change nothing. Because everyone's like, oh, they're not going to develop Sonic Team games in Japan anymore. Sonic's dead. Blah, 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 blah. He's going to only be American developed. No, calm down. They can still... they can. All the developers are still there. They can still split the team off into a smaller team within Sega CS2 if they want to. Sonic isn't guaranteed to be dead in Japan just because they moved into a different office. Stop getting your hopes up just because you didn't like a game that came out a year ago. Stop going on about it. 
ran over. Because that was seriously annoying me. Just oh, the ignorance of people online. Like, yeah, d d go outside. But, yeah, I'm going to be arguing as to why Sonic, uh, why Sega Studios should be separate from each other or why they should be together in one large studio. And then I'm going to come to a just right conclusion based on whether I agree or disagree with the statement. Let's begin with separate. So the reason why I think separate studios would be good is that studios who don't belong together can result in a creative clash. I don't have an example of this, but say you have very two two very different teams. Actually, I do have a good example, but this hasn't actually happened. Say the Yakuza team and the Sonic team crossed, pa crossed paths. Now, you you might argue, oh, this is great because Yakuza make great games and Sonic team sucks, but like, um, what I'd argue is... Uh, yeah, I, I, I think Sonic Team's made great games. I think Yakuza Team's made great games. But, uh, just because they made... Because they made great games, that doesn't necessarily mean they're compatible. And when they put their heads together, unless they come up with a unified idea which they both like, they're gonna have a lot of clashes, and... Well, what do we do? What? How violent do we make this? How, um... How child-friendly do we make this? What gameplay style do we have? That can be an issue with having teams together, but you don't have that issue when you're a separate team because you just get to follow your own creative freedom. Which brings me to an which brings me to my next point, which separate studios are usually more free of corporate meddling. So the corporation themselves can't really get in the way. Hey, just do whatever you want, and we'll approve it or disapprove it. But just do it, just do what you want, and that's the reason why I think separate studios can be a bit better. It can just lead to less meddling and more creative ideas. And another point I want to bring up as to why separate studios may be better is that some of Sega's greatest titles have come as a result of separate studios being created and them being untied from the shackles of a larger team. The obvious example here is Jet Set Radio, because that was created by Smilebit, who went on to be sort of a completely separate company, a bit like STI did, and they made, well, the Panzer Dragoon games, Jet Set Radio, etc. And they had so much creative freedom over those games, even though it's... Sega still had to obviously overview it, approve it, etc, but they had much more creative freedom than, say, someone like Yuji Naka did with Sonic 1, which the entire reason he left Sega to join STI was because he wasn't happy with how much creative freedom he had. So take that as an example, if you, uh, if you would. So, but I should say as well, an example as to why this is also good is because, or why Separate Studios is also good, because once uh, Smilebit stopped being a thing and they became Sega Sports R&D and were rolled back into Sega, look at the lack of creative freedom they had. Now they're just the sports team. They make the Mario and Sonic games, which I, I like some of them. I've told you this before, but I mean, compare them to Jet Set Radio. I mean, it's night and day which one they'd rather work on, which one has more inspiration in it. So another example as to why Separate Studios can be better. However, there are some positives to studios being together, and one of those is that it can bring together a large and talented team who wouldn't meet under normal circumstances. No specific example here, but I can say that uh, now that Sonic Team are in Sega CS2, well maybe some new devs from other studios can sort of collaborate with them, and they can come up with new creative ideas that they wouldn't have done before, because hey, why would I ever team up with this person if I'm already in my own team? But it allows new development, management, whatever, combinations, which can then lead to perhaps some better games. It saves a lot of money being together on resources, which can then be put back into the final product. Because if you're not paying for separate studios, paying separate staff different wages, you can just sort of level that out. You can have everyone in one building, pay them set, pay them like set amount of wages, etc. 
It saves all the money on that front, and then you can then give the team a bigger budget, which means more money goes into the game. So in some ways, being together in a large studio could actually be a bit more helpful for the final product. And I say as well, large uh, large teams can still be split into smaller teams, which means games can continue to be created by their original teams. Already mentioned this one, Sonic Team merged into Sega CS2 as we know. Just because they're in Sega CS2 doesn't mean they can't be then split into a smaller sub-team and work on, work on Sonic games again, just like they did when they were a separate team. So, just because they're together doesn't mean they don't have the advantages of being in a small team while they can still reap the benefits of being in a large team. So, what's my conclusion to this? Did the separate team win or did the together team win? Let's find out. In conclusion, I'm at a tie. On one hand, Split Studios allows for creative freedom over the game and can lead to superior end products. The larger team can lead to great minds and talent coming together and can save money which can be put into a budget. Both have their advantages and disadvantages. Both have their advantages and disadvantages. So I like to think what you know. Because personally, I'm all for both. Are you ready? I'm even more hyped than usual tonight, so um I I'm not Rexy on caffeine, I'm Viper on caffeine, so get ready for this. What's your opinion on that opinion? You have many different places where you can get in your opinion. You can get it in through Twitter at Radio Sega at Temple Resort at the Green Viper. You can get it in through Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash Radio Sega. You can get it in through uh, email to gmail.com. You can get it in through Discord, RadioSC.GA forward slash Discord. Or you can get it in for a private message on the Radio Sega forums. I'm Green Viper 8 over there. All those different places. You can get in your opinion. That was faster than normal tonight. So, yeah, let's read out what you guys have been having to say. And Electric brings up a very good point. The non-sport staff at Smilebit ended up in now what is Sega CS1. And Sega CS1 is now where the Yakuza team is being hosted. But still, the, it made for a good point, so <laughs> ignore that. Uh, Brick Gamer gives his answer. A bio his bi-weekly long-winded response inbound. In my opinion, creating separate or in my opinion, separating studios is a bad idea because that way developers can try their, their hand at other franchises, allowing for fresh new ideas. To use Sonic Team slash Sonic as an example, when the Mania team worked on Sonic, they created a game that was very different than the main series at the time. Also, Puyo Puyo Tetris, another Sonic Team title, was much better received and felt more original than the games that are currently being made for the Sonic series. I'm not saying the current Sonic games are bad, just becoming a bit stale. Interesting opinion, I definitely agree. I think Puyo Puyo Tetris is the best game they've put out in years, and that's come from someone who hasn't really hated what Sonic Team put out, to be honest. But it is also worth noting that it's always pushed as this idea of Sonic Mania was made by the fans for the fans and Sega didn't get involved and Sonic Team sucks and Christian Whitehead's a god but do you remember that Sonic Team had quite heavy sort of strings attached for the Mania project they did have quite a lot of influence over it and it was to the point where it wasn't even going to be a separate game without Sonic Team it was just going to be sort of extra levels in a port at some point so, like, um, I think it's important to note that, because everyone just sort of says, Sonic Team sucks, the fans made a better game, but Sonic Team was the, sort of the one who pulled the strings on Mania, so that is worth considering, I think, personally. Uh, anything else you guys have been saying? Also, yeah, we've got we've got Shaddix and we've got Mrs. Artanian currently down in the chat room, so hello to you both as well. But I, I think that's a good enough uh, point to end off this segment on. And we we just had we just had some ooze we just had some gunge some gloop some green waste whatever you want to call it 
So let's get into some more of that aesthetic. Because of course, you can't play music from this game without playing this track. From Sonic Spinball, this is Toxic Caves. Same host, different topic. This is the Topical Resort.
missed an episode and want to catch up? Want to re-educate yourself on the topic of a previous show? Download our podcast from the Radio Sega Media section. Subscribe to us on iTunes or stream the show through Stitcher. Discord Cooling. And welcome to the part of the show where I realised that I haven't set up my cables. So, uh, in the meantime, I'm going to tell you what I just played. I played a track from Sonic the Hedgehog 2, the 16-bit version. That was Oil Ocean Zone. And um, for some reason, it's sort of become the popular opinion nowadays that Oil Ocean Zone is aesthetically the worst stage and uh, also musically the worst stage, which uh disagree with both because it's my favourite on both of them. And I was expecting a lot of messages negatively like, Would you play Oil Ocean Zone? Oil Ocean Zone sucks. And... Uh, the only message I got was from Brit Game, who said he actually quite likes it, so... I'm glad to know that I did something right, I think. Before that, from Sonic the Hedgehog Spinball, that was Toxic Caves. The first song that always comes to mind when you think of Sonic Spinball, because... Well, it's an absolute tune. And it's memorable for a reason. So let's get on with getting the audio equipment set up. That is, if anyone even wants to join me, if you do... Discord, grab a microphone, join the chiller, and from there you have a chance to be on the show. Discord, of course being Discord, has completely changed its audio interface setup. Why? Why have you done this? Who thought this was a good idea? Whatever, okay. So, um, yeah, I'm going to quickly open up my Discord, and if no one wants to join, that's completely fine. We'll just have a chat in the chat room instead, but... Saves, saves me a bit of time at least, I can uh, get get a wriggle on with the show if no one wants to chat. Not a problem. So, uh, let's see what you guys have been saying on Twitter as well. Uh, I, oh, this reminds me, I should say a thank you to someone on Facebook, who I am uh, now going to read the name out. Thank you to Fabrice on Facebook, who says, Nobody will give a damn in regards to the fact that the show was a little bit uh, underprepared tonight. It's great to have a show, and I think we all love the Radio Sega style. You guys are amazing for doing what you do, and I thank you for that lovely message. It really is appreciated. It always makes my day seeing like messages like that, because it's really nice, because when you get it from regulars, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, you sort of expect it, but um, well, it's still nice, but you sort of expect it a bit more, because they're regular. So when you just get a message from someone like on Facebook out of the blue, or you get it from... Um, an email, like like originally how BritGamer got in contact with me, that it's really nice and appreciated because it just sort of comes out of nowhere, really. Uh, yes, BritGamer brings up a good point. I never mentioned his Steam game. There's a lot of them, by the way. So, um, sit down, gra- grab a drink, grab something, just just listen. So, his Steam game pickups were Yakuza 0. Brilliant that you finally picked that one up. Uh, it's such a good game. It was... It would have been my game of 2017, but uh, I finished it in 2018. <laughs> I, I, t- I played about one chapter in 2017, then I got back into it uh, this year. But great game, glad that's on PC so more people can play it. Raise Infinite, such a good game. Probably my game of the year 2016, but there really wasn't that much competition because I didn't like anything really that came out in 2016. Um, but the best, best way to play it. Vanquish, a, a pretty good title by... Um, Platinum, but I hear it's not the world's best cover shooter, but it's a passable great game. Valkyria Chronicles 1, always hear great things about this. Quanta Scott, I'd really like it, even though I don't like strategy RPGs, but 
Yeah, I trust Scott's opinion. Actually, no, I don't. But I, I want to check out Valkyria Chronicles 1 at some point. Now it's on Switch. That's sort of a good excuse because it's handheld and I can play it on the go and I can make that excuse. Oh, like, I never go on the go anymore, so I can't play it. I can make that excuse. Uh, Castle Illusion HD. Brilliant title. I, I, I need to pick that up when I have more money. I'm also glad to be honest that um, Castle Illusion HD is back on stores now because it was delisted for a while and um, I always tell this story, it's quite funny. Uh, there was a YouTube video I was watching about the original Castle Illusion that then went into a side topic of Castle of Illusion HD and I remember thinking uh, this was the night that, the the first night, like the, the same night that Topical Resort first went on the air. This was like a few hours beforehand. I remember thinking, watching that video of Castle Illusion HD, I really wish they'd bring back Castle Illusion HD because, because um, you know, just it's a good game and it's not up anymore. So more people should play it and we should get it back on store shelves. During the show that night, I received news <laughs> that Castle Illusion HD is going back onto store shelves literally immediately. Uh, I, I love coincidences like that. It's amazing, to be honest. <laughs> but yeah, it really caught me off guard, and I'm so sad that my reaction to that isn't online anywhere because my recording failed. Thanks, software. You also got Crazy Taxi, which everyone complains. It's not. It's not the Offspring soundtrack. There's a mod for it. Just put the Offspring soundtrack in. I still think the music in the PC version is good, but it's not as good as the original, so whatever. Hyperdimension Neptunia Rebirth 1. Don't know anything about the Nep games. People like them. Um, people like uh, people like anime characters. They, 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 they like they like they like uh, the grills, the waifus, all that sort of stuff. Probably a good game. I don't know. And Chroma Gun. Never actually heard of it, so I can't comment on that one. And he says for soundtracks you got Freedom Pal Planet. Yeah, that's like the only soundtrack I've ever bought through Steam. And um, ironically, even though I have it on Steam, I've never actually copied it over to my hard drive and put it in my Winamp. And Shovel Knight Treasure, Treasure Trove, which, brilliant soundtrack, but isn't that free on Jake Kaufman's Bandcamp? I'm fairly certain it is. Unless like it's just the base Shovel, Shovel Knight soundtrack free and then you have to pay for the rest. I don't know. Yeah, great selection of pickups there, Brit. Um, congratulations on flexing on us. And he spent £50.53 on it altogether, which, yeah, not bad, but uh, it, 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 it's four days before Christmas, mate. <laughs> Shouldn't you not, should you not be spending that money on family? Should you not be spending it on lots and lots of uh, alcohol to put up with? I'm joking. Do not, do not spend the money on alcohol. I do, not, I do not condone that on this show. I just simply make fun of it. I think I think uh, <laughs> now that we've successfully overstepped our limits, not just on the alcohol intake, it's time to get into the toppy mix. And we're going to kick things off with a track which is from a game which I haven't played on the show before, but I've played one track from this series before, then into a brilliant remix by the awesome T-Lopes. And then finally, because I had a very short time to pick a non-Sega track, it's, it's one from Smash Bros. Ultimate. So let's kick things off with a track from Rhythm Thief and the Paris Caper, a sadly now gone mobile game, but it had a bunch of good remixes of the 3DS game. And this is the remix version of Showtime, and when we come back, it's time to end off the show. Don't cry too much. I know it's sad, but you'll get through it. We'll all get through it. Let's get scratching. The Toppy Mix. Hey, come on, Jack. 
And that snazzy music right there can only mean one thing. It's time for the end of this week's show. We just heard that from Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. That was a remix of the title theme from Wii Sports. For that, a brilliant T-Lopes masterpiece from Sonic 2 HD. That was Hilltop Zone. That sadly won't be in the final version of Sonic 2 HD, but it was in the prototype versions. So listen to it while you can, is what I'm saying, people. For that, from Riven Thief and the Paris Caper, that was a remix of Showtime. We're back here for the final segment of the show and finishing up much earlier than I thought we would, but we really have a sort of blitz through the show tonight. So apologies to you, you guys listening on the podcast because, well, why, why is it a shorter episode? Because it makes sense for it to be shorter live, but I mean, you, you guys get less of an episode than normal on the podcast. So uh, but apologies for that, I guess, but hey, what, what can you do in this case? But the reason I'm making this so short is the very reason I'm going to tell you right now, and that is because... um. A lot of people were mentioning this earlier, but I've mentioned this myself, but yes, I've been doing charity stuff throughout the course of this week, and that's one of the few reasons as to why I've been fairly unavailable to do anything relating to Radio Sega or the Top Resort. Uh, Yeah, so, with that in mind, I'm going to be on a charity stream at 9pm GMT, and me and a few friends are going to be racing through Sonic Adventure 2. Yeah, that that video game that everyone, everyone loves. But um, it, I should say, if you want to come and join us, uh, twitch.tv forward slash j10 underscore marathon will be on till probably about 1am, which, um, yeah, already got the caffeine in me, as you can tell. Uh, <laughs> it's not an issue. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's the thing that's happening. We, I should also say, you are capable of joining us, as long as you run a timer of some description, like egg timer, something like that, but, uh, like some sort of timing program on your PC, like a, like Live Split or W Split, was that what it used to be called? Some sort of splitting program, either way, just to track your overall time and have a copy of the game. That's really all you need. Gives you final time if you're playing along with us. If you want to do that, if you want to have a bit of fun, uh, we'll be doing that. We'll be doing all stories in Sonic Adventure 2 because that was successfully donated towards. And thank you to everyone who helped us reach our goal of $250. It was originally $100. We completely smashed that, and we got to 250 as well before the end of the marathon. This means two things, <laughs> which I'm not looking forward to either of them. Actually, no, I'm looking forward to one of them. I lie. No, X splits the uh, the broadcasting software, not the actual um, splitting software. I'm I'm referring to splitting software as in like um, it tracks different segments of a speedrun, rather than the actual broadcasting software itself. Uh, uh, yeah, so the first thing that I'm going to be doing now that we've reached $250 is we're going to be adding an extra day to the marathon, so that means t- 24th December. I'll be there from 10 till 12. I'll be playing Christmas Nights into Dreams, the third annual stream of that. We've been doing it for three years. That's, that's already scary to think about, to be honest. So, yeah, uh, Christmas Nights into Dreams, I'll be streaming that. Other people will be on during the day as well. Hopefully CD-ROM, I think he said he could do that. And some other people we hope to have on the marathon as well. Some people not from around Radio Sega. Just people you know will have them on on the 24th of December. Some nice Christmas entertainment for you guys. So thank you. And the second thing I'm doing, which I'm really regretting saying, but I'm doing it anyway. 12 plus hours of Shadow the Hedgehog for the Nintendo GameCube. Released in 2005. And what the hell am I doing this? Because, well, we reached such a massive goal which I never expected us to reach. So, I'm going to be doing all ten endings, the true ending, which is uh, the last story. And for ten dollars, why am I saying this? For ten dollars, you can donate to me to do any of the non-story paths. That's stuff like the good evil zigzag, the evil good zigzag, uh, the 
the proper canonical path. There's quite a few of them which I'll be uh, linking at some point, probably during the stream or earlier on. But I don't know when that's happening yet. Either on the 27th or the 29th is when I want to do it. And uh, that will be on the same channel. So I'm not sure, but that's when I plan to do it. So if you want to come and watch me suffer, then same channel. If you want to make me suffer even more, well, you know where to donate. And it all goes to a brilliant cause known as Special Effect. Please look them up and donate to them for our Streamlabs page because absolutely fantastic work they do. And I'm willing to torture myself just if it means we get a little bit more money for Special Effect. With that in mind, uh, this has actually been the Topical Resort, not a plugging session, but thank you to everyone who's been listening in tonight. There's been a whole host of you. We've had Shadow's Croft, we've had Electric Boogaloo, we've had Twinny, we've had Mr. D'Artagnan, we've had Christmas Brit, we've had Kefki, probably some others, yeah, Ion 1980, Eclipse, etc. If I haven't listed you, let me know, but uh, thank you to people who sent me messages on Facebook as well. Thank you to people who are on the Twitter or lurking or listening on the podcast or whatever you do. Thank you guys for tuning in today. One thing I should say as well, thank, uh, not thank you, that doesn't require a thank you, but uh, we have a new theme over on our Radio Sega website for the Christmas anniversary. Well, not Christmas anniversary, just Christmas. It's nothing just aside from Christmas slash winter, because it's just a general winter theme. But yeah, thank you to our lovely techie, Wo21s, who's organize this for us again our Billy Hatcher theme and of course it's got to have some falling snow because what website would have a winter theme without a falling snow sort of uh, script I guess <laughs> very large thank you to him for making that all possible and let me know what you think of it as well because I absolutely love it I love the fact that it's got the purple colour scheme and Billy Hatcher's quite an underrated character even if I've learned this week thanks to this marathon that the game sucks absolute ass it's so bad that's going to trigger some people I don't care Ugh, screw Billy Hatch I'm so over the game now I, I really liked it for a while I'm just over it no no <laughs> that game that game can uh, can do something that's all i got to say yeah I've been Groove Operate you all have been awesome thank you so much for listening we've got one more track to play for you and I knew Jamie would rage even though he's not here he's listening on the podcast I knew he would rage if we didn't play this one somewhere because it's better than the Toxic Caves from the Sonic the Hedgehog spinball. This is the Lava Powerhouse. I've been... Oh, I should probably tell you what's coming up next week. Next week's the final episode of the year. Not the final episode, just the final episode of the year. So we're going to be doing our yearly news roundup, and at some point during the week, I'm going to be sending out a survey of what was your favourite episode of the Topical Resort released within 2018. So be on the lookout for that over on the Radio Sega uh, show blogs and on our Twitter. And I'll probably post it on Discord as well. But keep an eye on that one right there. And I had something else that I was going to say, but I think I forgot it. Yeah, it's completely gone. No. Ugh. Whatever. Let's get on with Lava Powerhouse. I've been Green Vibrate. You've all been awesome. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, stay topical. Oh, right, I remember it. Happy Christmas slash happy holidays slash whatever you celebrate. I hope you have a good time. See you after the holidays. Bye.
Oh, oh right, it's also Takadu's birthday. Everyone wish him a happy birthday. Bye. the show check out the full radio sega live schedule at radiose.ga forward slash shows radio sega playing the best sega music 24 7 